there's like two of us on this week. Um, this week, uh, one of the few weeks where it will be 50% British and 50% Irish, but 100% uh, Big Blue UK and Ireland, 100% Giants. Um, as you can hear, um, I'm leaving off today because uh, our host of the show, Dan, uh, where is he, Shane? Do you know where he is this evening? Well, the rumour has it that he's uh, some date night of some sort with the Macy's. Priorities, I. <laughs> I'll tell you what, fair play to him. Like We all love our football, we all love the Giants, but sometimes you've got to pick your battles and you have to do what you got to do. To be fair, though, it's not a, it's not a tough battle, is it, the last few weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, you know, yeah, so that, uh, just quickly touch on uh, last week and the London Games. You were down there yourself for the game. Yeah. Um, what was your experience like on uh, last Sunday? Oh, brilliant. Absolutely. No, no offence to anyone who's listening to this, but it's an amazing stadium in such a dive of an area, in all honesty. Uh, the, the stadium's like literally phenomenal is the word I could describe it. Like a, a literally sort of one of the few times I've stepped up from the uh, the concourse and looked around, I was literally like, wow, this is actually pretty damn impressive. Um, I think it's a better ground for NFL than Wembley is, but I think Wembley's a better location. It's got more space around it, etc., for fans and that, and getting away from the ground was a little bit of a nightmare. The game itself um, took a little bit to get going. I thought it was going to be a bit of a blowout the way the Jags started, um, but then you know that kind of got into it sort of end of the second quarter, mid 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 to end of the second quarter, and then ending it with a last minute field goal. Um, I thought it was brilliant play calling and fantastic play by Trevor Lawrence um, throwing it to I think it was Levis Cushino on a little slant. Just getting an extra five, five to seven yards, taking a timeout. That couldn't be ours because Dolphins had used all theirs and lost two of them due to challenging unsuccessfully. Um, I think it was a great game play to to end the game. To be honest, for the Jags to win. Yeah, it was one of the better games, sort of like not necessarily better product in the field, but definitely one of the most gripping games that we've had in um, London for a while. I mean, going down to the last in the field goal, last second field goal, I should say. Yeah. Um, obviously, we stay, we stayed to the end and had a few beers in the bar afterwards and stuff. But um, yeah, like you said about the stadium, it's such a well sort of uh, made stadium and definitely uh, fit for purpose and built for purpose. You can tell that um, they really want to um, really embrace the NFL over here. And we've definitely got a stadium worthy of that. Like you said, Wembley is a lot easier to get to. It's a bit more, um, our surroundings is, is a little bit better than um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But um with news that Liverpool will be building a, a similar stadium, stadium um, up, up that way, um, it only bodes well for the future, to be honest. Yeah, and I said to my mate, um, you know, I wish the, the game on Sunday, I wish, I wish they'd do one game a year, a night game, like a six o'clock start after the clocks have gone back, is it, I think, and it's dark, because I, I honestly think with the, with the lighting at, t- at Tottenham of a night time, I think that would be... That that'd take it like to another a completely another level with the lighting and the that you get in the NFL and the lighting and capability of Tottenham. I was looking around and even if it was it was going a little bit dark, I said to my mate, imagine how awesome this would look if it was pitch black now. Yeah, definitely. I know all the players have come over and anyone has come over the media say how impressive they are with the stadium, how impressed they are. Um definitely a night game would be class now. Um yeah, 100%. so moving on from that, um we sit here now and uh, the Giants are one and five. That's where we are at the moment. I know that, you know, it's a, we're going to carry on with these podcasts. We're going to enjoy doing them. I'm going to, you know, do the best we can with them. But sitting there at one and five, um, just how are you feeling as a Giants fan at the moment? Um, well, firstly, I think these podcasts are like becoming therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I should be paying you the privilege to sort of like just talk and get it all off my chest. Obviously, it's disappointing. Um I've got to be honest. I don't know if I didn't watch all. I didn't watch any of the Rams game in all honesty because I was travelling back from from the um, from the game on Sunday. So you know, I think for about the first half, I was walking up to Seven Sisters, um, and then I was uh, on the tube, etc. So my signal wasn't great. Um, but I watched the highlights, if we can call them that, basically Rams highlights, effectively. Um, and I watched it with interest. The Joel Judge presser afterwards. And I get the impression that Penny might have just dropped with Joel Judge that, hold on a minute, I could be sacked at the end of the year. I just, I just got this, in, something was a little bit different with him compared to okay. him. Um, and then I thought it was interesting. I think it was yesterday, Jabril Peppers was being interviewed. Very 
short, abrupt, to the point answers, um, not going much beyond four or five words, which is not like him. So I'm starting to wonder, I'm not saying it's going to mean that we're going to start playing better all of a sudden because it doesn't just work like that. But I think the penny might have just dropped with George, the coaching staff and the team that, you know, we, we, we're playing for our jobs this season. You know, we, we had last year with no fans. It was a bit of a freebie last season. We can't yeah. have a freebie no more. Um, and, you know, like I say, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's a winnable game this weekend against the Panthers before we have some tough games coming up. Um, so hopefully that penny's dropped and we can get a win this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Just to briefly talk about the Rams game, like yourself, um, I watched back the game the next day because obviously travelling back from um, Spurs and stuff. Um, I mean, we lost the game 11-38. to 38. Um, The Rams scored 28 points in the second quarter. I mean, I just I don't know what happened there. Like, you know, this defence is supposed to be um, the real sort of like jewel of the team and supposed to be something we could build on. Um, yeah. I mean, our run game is bad at the moment. The pass game in this particular game was was awful um i mean we, we just it's a game that we really want to move on from um i mean it's good to see shepherd back it was good to yeah. see him making some plays uh he's just that mr consistent for us now i think he's just a safety blanket for jones um i mean on one hand it's good to see mckinney get two interceptions but apart from those interceptions i thought he had a pretty poor game all in all i mean the whole the whole defensive back room had a poor game all in all yeah, to be honest, he, again, it's the defence, but he's not kicked on the way I, I hoped he would this year. Um, you know, I, I know we're being hit by injuries, but we can't use that as an excuse. I'm sorry, but we just can't. The Ravens have got 16 players on IR at the minute. They're doing brilliant. So, you know, OK, yeah, we have got players injured, but we can't just use that as an excuse. The simple fact is we've not been good enough and, you know, that. That's all, it, that's all it's been. Um, I found it quite interesting earlier on, James Bradbury. Um, I can't remember the exact quote. Um, oh, yeah, here it is. I just found it in front of me. So he was asking in regards to, because I don't know if you've seen the rumours that apparently some of the players kind of get up in the fourth quarter or the third quarter. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of indication it could have been James Bradbury and Logan Ryan on the Cooper Cup touchdown. Yeah. Bradbury was questioned on that today and um, he said I was making my way over there I was on the left side of the field he crossed over ran a flat route he caught it and ran into the end zone I think we the secondary gave it full effort the whole game not just the fourth quarter I'm sorry but I want to know what secondary he's been watching because that is not a secondary that's been giving it its all the whole game let alone just in one quarter yeah you're 100% right I mean like Bradbury was brought in to be the number one cornerback last year. He kind of proved that he was that player, and um, I don't know why it's sort of like happening this year. Why he's not playing up to what we've seen? We've we've seen we've seen we've seen out there um, him make those plays and be that leader and the, um, and the, and the sort of star cornerback that um, every team wants. And um, I don't know where the poor form is coming from this year. I mean, you just touched on um, injuries there, and just to go over the injuries quickly. I mean. Um, Andrew Thomas is out now for was it three to four weeks? He'll be out until after our bye week. He's going on IR. Yeah. Um, uh, out for this game is Barkley, Golladay, Tony, Danny Shelton's doubtful. Uh, Ingram, Ross, Shepard, and Slayton are questionable. I'm guessing they will all play. Um, I'm not too sure about Ingram, but I do believe the rest will play. Um, I mean, out of those injuries, um, I'll just say myself. I think Thomas is a massive loss. We've, we've yeah. seen how well he's played this season um, at the back end of last season, how um, good a player he's been for Daniel Jones on that left side. I mean, um, going forward now with Perton Soldier as your tackles, um, I mean, he's got to be like worried himself. It's got to be playing on his mind. It's going to be back of his mind every time he goes out there. Yeah, I mean, in one way, it's kind of, it's good in a way. We, we feel, we're filled in Perton now regardless um, you know, this is Pert's chance now. You, you've got to step up to the plate. We've lost our franchise left tackle. This is your chance. You didn't play much last season. You've not got off to a great start this season. Show us why you can be the tackle opposite Andrew Thomas. Um, so it's a massive chance for Pert now. But realistically, I mean, Andrew Thomas, yeah, will miss. I think with Miss Kadarius Tony, I've been massively impressed with him. Um, very shifty, always looking to make a play every time he gets the ball in his hands. 
Um, there was one play on Sunday that I seen in the highlight time, and I can't remember which DB that he absolutely did, but he caught the ball sort of on, on the sideline and then turned infield and the DB literally just bit down and brought on it and he gained an extra like five yards or something. But other than that, I don't really, I mean, it kills me to say it because I'm a Penn State lad, but he's Barclay miss. Other than against the Saints, he's not really done much. Kenny Golladay, he's not really so far through six weeks, not shown the money he's worth, whether that's because he's not being targeted and whatnot, that's a different conversation, but we still need him to make plays. Um, I've probably said there's one game where I've been impressed with Golladay. Um, you know, um, Danny Shelton, he's not being, uh, he's not been what I'd, I'd hoped he would. He, he's playing like a, a, a bust of a pick in the first round, which is what he was when we signed him. Um, so I've been quite disappointed with him. So, you know, like I say, there's a lot of injuries. Yeah, okay, to a certain point you can you can accept it, but you know, there's still bad plays. You know, look at the defense. The defense is where we've been worse. Like offense hasn't been too bad at times. We've only got one player out on defense for the season, Blake Martinez and Rodarius Williams. So what's the defense's excuse for being so poor? If it was the offense that was being so poor, I might be able to understand it. And I'll be like, okay, yeah, you know what? You got a point. But defensively, we've been shambolic this year and we've lost really silly one key starter in Blake Martinez. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, um, it's, it has been, like I said earlier on, we, we were hoping this um, de- this defense would be something we could build on and, and we just needed to sort of help Daniel Jones and give him some weapons. But this defense just hasn't shown up this year. It just hasn't shown up at all. And, I mean, I would love to see us play with a bit of a lead. If we could get, like, 10, uh, 7, 10, 14 point lead, like, I'd love to see what we would do with that and how we would play with that. But we just, like, the defense just given up points and yards all over the place. So we have n- never been able to be in that position. Nah, and to be honest, I just can't see. For me, every every week, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, okay, what can the offense do to win the game? Because as they're saying, defense wins championships. Well, the defense isn't going to win us a championship. The defense isn't even going to win us a game. So it's just putting that more, it's putting even more pressure on Daniel Jones than he already had coming into the season. He was already under a lot of pressure, just like Andrew Thomas was. Thomas has stepped up to the plate. Jones, I've probably said I've been impressed with probably about 70% of what he's done. There's still a little bit of things that he's not doing brilliantly. Um, he had a couple of fumbles again the weekend. That's not going to get any easier now. He's lost Andrew Thomas. So, you know, if he's been concerned about getting sacked a lot um, when he had Andrew Thomas on the, on, the, on the left side, he's now not got Andrew Thomas. Um, I will give a quick shout out as well to Will Hernandez. I think he's playing pretty well this year. Um, probably he's best year he's had for us in all in yeah. all honesty. Um so obviously he's up for contract contract renewal. Be interested to see whether he gets that extension right now through six weeks. I wouldn't be overly against it providing it's um cap friendly. Yeah definitely I agree with that. I think it would have to be a deal that um you know is definitely I wouldn't say overly team friendly but cap friendly definitely. I think it has to be something that works for both parties. Um I mean it's almost like we started, was it four left tags, four left guards in the first four games? It's like absolutely crazy. And yeah. we brought in a, a career centre and been playing him, a veteran career centre, been playing him at left guard. Yeah. We just had so many injuries. Um, I mean, what, what do we have to do to get a consistent line going? Do you know what I mean? I know other teams have injuries, but it just seems like every year now, since Gilman said he was going to fix the O line, um, that, you know, we seem to have. Like the old line's always been a question, you know. I'd love to turn around and go, Do you know what? I'm happy with those five. They played five games together, and you can see growth. That's kind of what I was hoping for this season. Maybe I was hoping for a little too much. Yeah, I mean, I've seen an interesting thing earlier on. It was basically comparing how the Giants were in 2017 to how they are now. Um, and it was, you know, in 2017, there was uncertainty about the quarterback position. Daniel Jones, okay, look, say it's, it's not. We said it was a big year for him, but right now, can anybody turn in and say that we want Daniel Jones long-term? I think right now it's too early to say. We, we can't categorically say sort of two and a half years in, yet he's the guy we want to lead us. You know, it, when he took over, it was an offence that struggled. The Giants ranked 31st in points scored in 2017. Um, currently, we ranked 27th 
um, in points scored and we were 31st in points scored last season. So there's been no improvement there. Um, there was comments about the uh, lots of high paid defensive players not living up to the contracts such as Snacks, Vernon and Jenkins back in 2017. In there feels like we've got a similar situation on the defence. Um, offensive line problems, like you've just mentioned, in 2017, we had them problems. And I've seen an interesting thing the other day saying it's funny that Gettleman got rid of Eric Flowers, I want to say Pew, and potentially Kevin Zeitler. Yet all three are now starters in the league, playing pretty well. Yet we got rid of them because they weren't part of the offensive line solution, which we still don't have now. Um, and then obviously back in 2017, we blew the cap, which we've kind of done this year as well. So, you know, are we in a better position than we was when Dave Gettleman took over? <laughs> I mean, we, we will, uh, later on, uh, in later podcasts, we will talk big picture, like, uh, and those are definitely questions that we will address and we'll, we'll sort of try and see if we can come up some answers for and see if we can come up, maybe even come up with some solutions as well. Um just talking about uh, the state of the squad. Uh, I mean, we do have rookies Ellerson Smith and, and Robinson back this week. Obviously, they won't be playing this week, but it's just good to see them get out in the field and get some practice. And you know, at this moment in time with this team, um, also we brought in Benerick McKinney, the 28 year old linebacker, as well. Uh, we signed him to pack the squad. Um, he was a second year round, he was a second round pick um, by the uh, Mississippi State, uh, who I think is a solid, solid player. Well, that depth of linebacker group. I think um, going forward, just speaking about those players, especially the rookies, it's like you have to, once they know the playbook, once they're fit enough, you're going to have to give them snaps. You're going to have to give them game time because we're not we're not pushing for um, for playoffs. We're not pushing for any sort of real contention. So now we have to develop, try and develop the players that we have. And that definitely those ones on cheap rookie deals because we've spent so much cap money and um, we're going to need those players to contribute to us now because we've gone top heavy with some of the uh, contracts we've, we've handed out. Um, so just before we get on to talking about uh, the Panthers going forward this week, just quickly, I know I said we're going to talk about big picture and some other podcasts, but just where do you sit at the moment with Gettleman, Garrett, Judge? Uh, do you think we need to clean house or keep rebuilding and just retool type thing like just quickly before we get on right now I don't see how anybody can not be in the clear house category um, you know get, Gettleman's gone get, Gettleman can unless we manage to turn this around and end up going 11, 11 and whatever it is with the new, new the new unless we win it from here unless we win it from here Gettleman is gone um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe someone like in all honesty, Garrett or Judge was to get sacked during the season. Um, I, I, I think that there's going to get to a certain point where Mara and Tisha are probably going to be like, we've got to do something. You know, I mean, Mara didn't even turn up to the Super Bowl thing the other the other day, which was probably a blessing in disguise because he just got booed. But, you know, I, I know that they both previously mentioned we're fed up of losing. We're fed up of standing here every January, coming up with excuses and saying, well, it's going to be better for the future year. I think they know full well that they're going to be under pressure to, to make a decision soon. And in regards to Joel Judge, jury's out, but I'm probably 60 40 bring a new guy in because and the, the reason is I like Judge, but he keeps saying the same crap every single week and we've not seen any production. So it's like he's saying it and even the players ain't taking it on board and it's back to square one again. And then you throw in things like some of his decision-making is questionable, the use of timeouts when we go in for it on fourth down. You know, the other day we went for it against the Rams and okay, we got the fourth down, uh, we got it, which is fair enough, but we're going, for, we're going for it on fourth on like midfield point. Yet a couple of weeks ago when we were in the Saints half on their 16, we didn't go for it and we kicked a field goal, which we then missed. So, you know, for me, the jury is still out on judge, but at the moment I'm probably swaying 60-40 that we probably need to just clean house completely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult because I think, like you said, Gilman is is, is, is gone. Um, would you out now or would you wait to the end of the season or would you speak to him and just say, look, this is going to happen. We're going to start finding your replacement now. Like, how would you go about that? Um, me, me personally, I'd, I'd pull him out and say, look, regardless of what happens, we're getting rid of you at the end of the season. 
Um, if you want to stay till the end of the season, that's absolutely fine. But be aware that we are going to be tapping up other, other uh, potential GMs that we yeah. want to bring in. Um, if you want to quit, feel free. If you want to announce that you're retiring so you save face, feel free. The one thing I absolutely do not want to see is Kevin Abrams taking over. I do not want to see get them and replaced by Abrams. Just get someone from externally. I've, I've mentioned this, I think it was on the last episode or the, the one before. Just get a no Giants connection because I know I've, I've not been a Giants fan for very long, but all I ever seem to read is that we like to keep it in, in-house, so to speak. We like to have people that have got Giants connections. Well, not being funny, that's not served us very well for the last 10 years because we're not going to Super Bowl for, for 10 years. So let's, let's try and just change the mould a little bit and let think a little bit outside the box and bring somebody in from an external organisation such as the Chargers assistant GM. Just someone off the top of my head, you know, someone who's drafted not too bad in the last couple of years. They've got Justin Herbert. Um, you know, they're looking pretty damn good at the minute. So that that kind of person is who I'd like to see. Yeah, definitely. I definitely I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, I think we need to think outside the box a bit, fresh ideas. Um, and honestly, if the right guy is coming in as GM, um, it, it's up to him whether the judge stays or not, because you'd have to hand the keys over to him, so to speak, and let him um, um, decide what type of staff he wants and what type of way he wants to build the team. Yeah, you've effectively got to say to him, look, I don't know if you've noticed, but this hasn't worked for the last four years for the Giants with Dave Gettleman. and we're 19 and 51 or whatever ridiculous stat it is. Here you go. It, it, it's kind of, sounds stupid, but let's give him the ingredients to the cake and make the cake however he wants to make it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, uh, Mara kind of needs to step up. Mara and Tish, you know, Mara was very clear when he was at his press conference at the beginning of the season. Like, he's just tired of losing. Um, and, and at the moment, we are playing losing football. Again, you can come up with all the excuses you want, but um, the, the same thing stays the same. We are losing football games at the moment. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get the quote out for when we, uh, when we do a proper discussion about this, whether it's at the mid-season point or... Once, once the season's ended, but I could swear to God, I, I remember um, reading some of that Steve Tish, basically keeping Gettleman on this year was a Mara decision. Steve Tish was in very, very much in favour of ripping it apart and going again, but Mara overruled him. Um, so hopefully, Tish, not in, a, not in a nasty way, but Tish can just turn and say, you know what, John, told you so, let's do it my way now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so speaking of, uh, just quickly talking, since the trade deadline's coming up uh, the 2nd of November, um, and we're talking about how we're going to build for the future, because that's kind of what we have to do now, like we said. Um, so what type of trade talks or tr- players would you um, be fielding calls on? Would it be just Peppers and Ingram? Or would it be maybe Lorenzo Carter or Lawrence or Slayton or... What, where, where, where's your mind with that now? Um, Peppers and Ingram, 100%. They're both in the last year of the deals. I don't see him getting an extension. Uh, we've not got much cap space. So, yeah, just trade them away. Um, I don't think anyone would be really interested in Carter. Uh, he's not done anything that had met me. It's the, let's say I, I was a fan of the Dolphins or, you know, the Texans or something. I wouldn't be there going, oh, look at Lorenzo Carter for the New York Giants. Let, let's let's go for him. So I don't think anyone would go for him. Slayton, I think you could maybe get a, a, a fifth or a sixth. Um, yeah, then, then the players will look at moving on. The one thing that's imperative as well, I will say, is they need to decide what they're going to do about Dave Getterman over the next couple of weeks. Because if he is going to go... You can't let him make any decisions. You can't let him turn in and say, "Oh, I want to give up one of our firsts next year for a, for a left tackle." No, Dave, you, you go in. We're not letting you compromise our future picks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, like you said, we're playing so poor at the moment. Um, who would want our players, so to speak? I mean, I think anyone currently on a rookie contract, um, you kind of have to just keep them and see what you've got and just try and develop them. Whether it's one year after this year or two years after this year, I do think you've got to keep those rookie contracts on the books. Yeah. Um, right then. So, with that being said, with this at one and five, we do play the Carolina Panthers this week. Now, they, they, they've had an interesting season. They started off 3-0, and and the Panthers fans must have been buzzing, thinking, that's it, Matt Rule's the man, we've turned a corner here. Um, but after that, week three, they've uh, lost three straight. 
currently yeah. sitting three and three. Um, just name a couple of players in offense, a couple of players in defense, or just generally, what are your thoughts about the um, Panthers this weekend? Um, I do like the Panthers, not because I was a former fan. <laughs> uh, that roster has changed dramatically um, in in them years. Um, offensively, um, I, I did quite like Chubba Hubbard coming out this year, who they they drafted, um, and conveniently, CMC went down, and Hubbard's not done too bad. Um, I really like uh, DJ Moore as well. Uh, I think he's a vastly underrated wide receiver. I think he could potentially be in that kind of top 10 conversation come the end of the, the season. Um, and then um, defensively, I think they've got some great players. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Hassan Reddick, who we could have gone in for. Uh, we think, talked about it, didn't we? We were like, yeah. all last, uh, in the off-season, we said that's the type of player we should go after. And he's already racked up, what, four or five sacks this season, has he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, I believe this weekend could be the first game in a Panthers uniform for Stephen Gilmore. That's right. He's been activated this week. Um, obviously, he did the trade there happened a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> There's him, and then obviously um, the safety Jeremy Chin, who had a great rookie year. He looks brilliant. Um, so did he, he, did he win defensive rookie of the year? I think he did. Yeah, he was out I mean, of Winfield. Both of them were great. Oh, he was. I mean, like Jeremy Chin, he's he's more of a defensive weapon, isn't he? The way they use him all over the field. He kind yeah. of plays the way um, he kind of played the way people thought Simmons would play in the league. Yeah, I mean, like obviously Simmons is trying to carve himself a decent career over there in Arizona, um, but yeah, Jeremy Chin's like just be balled out to be honest. He's such a good player. Yeah, and then obviously we've got old line issues, and then opposite Hassan Reddick, you've got Brian Burns, <laughs> who conveniently the Giants possibly could have drafted at number six overall back in. 2019 draft. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, they, they, they have got some very good players. And, you know, let's not forget as well, Sam Donald looks like the player that he was being touted to be when he was coming out. Um, it's he kind of, out. He's got a, breath, breath, a fresh life, kind of, so to speak, in Carolina now. Yeah, I think that was a good day for the Panthers and the Jets. Um, I mean, he has thrown a few interceptions recently in the last few weeks. Um, so, I mean, He's kind of there to be, not to be had, but I mean, like, our secondary really should cap, need to capitalise. That's one thing our secondary hasn't done, is is take the ball away. I mean, how many interceptions have we dropped yeah. this season? It's been absolutely shocking. It's been so ridiculous. I mean, they've also got big Derek Brown as well. Um, absolute beast in the middle there. You know, he can move bodies all over the shop. Yeah. I mean, I think we're quite lucky that Shaq Thompson is, is out this weekend. I mean, he's another phenomenal linebacker. Um, I mean, even um, I think they might try and use um, Golden Domer, um, the tight end, uh, Tommy, Tommy Tremble. Yeah, I mean, him and Ian Thomas could present, you know, you know how we're like giving up um, yards and catches to tight ends and backup tight ends and stuff. Um, I mean, I do think their O line's there to be had. I do think um, trying to get a bit of pressure in their O line would be uh, is definitely needed today, but. Uh, Sunday, but as we've seen, we've just seemed to be getting no real pressures at all from our, uh, our side linebackers, pass rushers. Nah, I mean, I think I've seen some at um, the joint outside linebacker, something like over three games, I've had 40 pressures, and other teams have had like 100 in that time, or it was just, it's that similar to that. It just like made us look absolutely awful. Um, and, you know, you can't knock Aziz Ojolari. He started off pretty well, uh, three sacks in three games, but he's a rookie. Um, you know, Carter and Zimenez just haven't stepped up, um, which is one of my concerns about Ellison Smith coming back because, yeah, okay, it's great he's coming back, but Carter Coughlin can't get any snaps. So, why are we going to give him to Ellison Smith, who's a rookie? Um, they need to do something, they need to mix things up. Um, Judge kind of indicated that he was going to look at the tape and any players that he felt weren't giving their all in the, in the game against the Rams may find themselves benched. So it'd be interesting to see if there's anybody notable that's that's benched for the the Panthers game at least for maybe the first series on on offense and defense. Yeah, it's a very good call. I'll be keeping a close eye on the depth chart and uh, seeing who was there. I mean, what does our depth chart look like? A wide receiver at the moment. Who who, who will Daniel Jones trying to be passing to? 
Um, Shep, Colin Johnson. Um, I'll tell you what I has annoyed I think Slayton's a game-time decision, I think. Yeah, I'll tell you what has annoyed me. Um, so, obviously, we signed a, a player to our practice squad from, I want to say, North Dakota State. Um, the other day, he was drafted. I think he was picked up as a free agent by the Seahawks and they let him go. What annoys me is why, why are we doing that? And we've got a guy who had a great preseason in David Sills, can't get on the frigging team, and yet we're so thin at wide receiver. Oh, and Dante Pettis as well. Pettis is getting called up before that purely because Pettis can play special teams and David Sills can't. I'm sorry, but no, that, that ain't good enough. That's another reason why Judge annoys me. Yeah. I've stopped myself swearing there. You know, David, <laughs> David Sills looked great last year and picked up an injury. He had a great preseason this year. Because he can't play special teams, he's just being left on the practice squad protected every week. It's annoying. It is. I mean, like, yes. Practice um, special teams plays can can change games, but we have n- haven't been close to any games for for that to matter. If you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you wouldn't think our head coach is a former special teams coach because we've not done anything on special teams since last season. No. We haven't looked like returning anything. We haven't got no. any blocks, punt blocks, kick blocks. We're like, yeah, we haven't really done anything. I mean. Um, I'm interested to see the old line. I want, really want to see Pert and Solder try and try and hold up to these awesome pass rushers that they've got. To be honest, I really want to see Bredesen and Price and Hernandez try and get something going in the middle there. Try and get a bit of push. Um, I mean, can we please get Rudolph and Caden Smith involved as well? Some of the passing game. I mean, yeah. we, I know we're going to have to keep some of them in sometimes for pass protection. Um, to sort of help develop um, passing rights and plays and concepts. Um, but yeah, and, and, and why not give Varmir Gary a few more carries and give him a, a, a bit of a run out? I mean, Booker, Booker was brought in to sort of take a few snaps off Barkley, not to be a featured back. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the way I looked at it is, um, I mate Gary's on a four-year deal. What's Booker on? Is it a two or a three? I want to say a two. Two-year deal, we can get out after this year. Exactly. So we can get it after this year. Let's vice facts. We're not going to be competing for the Super Bowl this year. Like I said last week, throw the rookies in. Let's throw players that are going to be here for the next sort of three or four years that we know for a fact and let them do it. Oh, yeah, you know, like Matt Pert, like I've mentioned before, you know, let's get maybe Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin getting regular snaps. Let's get our mate Gary in there. Um Aaron uh, Robinson, when he comes back, I'm so excited to see this kid. I had high hopes for him. Um, Big time. And that slot position is wide open. Massively. Absolutely. So, you know, if it's me, it's a case of Aaron, look, this the, the slot position's wide open. You've got a four-year rookie deal. Make that position your own. Mm-hmm. The, the, the secondary's been awful this year. Show us why slot is one position that we don't need to worry about for the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to see a little bit more of Quincy Roche as well. Um, I think he's only had a handful of snaps recently. And, you know, I'd like to see maybe get a full series, you know, get out there and actually get a feel for the game. But you know yeah. yourself, like, you know, in for three, four snaps in a whole game out of 60, 50, 60, 70, whatever defensive snaps in the game, you get no rhythm whatsoever, do you? Nah, exactly. And like you say, you know, we, I know we picked him up on waivers, um, so I don't know. Does he just get a one-year deal, is he? As we no, no, no. Because because we did pick him up in waivers, we haven't for the four years. Oh, okay, yeah. So there you go. So there's another guy who's going to be here for a, a good two or three years potentially. So just throw him in. So even turn around and say to him, look, you're going to make a mistake. I uh, mate, Gary, if you fumble, you fumble, guess what? You're getting the ball on the next play and you can yeah. rectify that mistake. You know, Quinty Roche, you know, so if, you, if you get beat by the O-line, you get beat. If you end up on the ground, it's on the ground. Forget about it. The play's gone. Get back up. Hit him hard on the next play. That's the mentality you need to be giving him. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, as well, like everyone was saying, Pert had all the attributes and intangibles and stuff to be a left tackle. Um, he hasn't, you know, he's shown glimpses of it, um, nothing consistent, but now he's got a few games in a row. Um, and like you said earlier on, like, you know, he's got the chance now to go out um, unless he's stupidly bad, he won't get that spot taken from him. So he's got a real chance to go out there and sort of like, not cement the spot, but definitely get himself some reps, get himself some 
some confidence in that position. Yeah, and the, and the other thing is as well, you can pull him to one side and say, look, I know you might think you've got no competition, but on our practice squad, we've got a former first-range draft pick who's a mammoth of a man. You know, we, you talk about size and intangibles, as I will, and he's massive. So, you know, you can put a little bit of, not pressure on him, but, you know, try and encourage him that, you know, don't just take it for granted that this is your position and, and that's it until Andrew Thomas is back or anything. You know, we, we've got Isaiah Wilson on the on the practice squad and hopefully he can sort of put a bit of pressure on the old line as well and sort of show him why he can potentially be um, moved up to the 53 and potentially starting. Yeah, definitely. Just to speak on Isaiah Wilson as well, I think, um, you know, if you don't know his story, you know, it's out there, you know, first round pick, um, played opposite Andrew Thomas in um, Georgia, uh, same draft, first round pick. <clears throat> Didn't really have his head on right. Um, he went went to Tennessee, acted the Egypt, basically went out partying with the University of Tennessee players and cheerleaders and whatnot. Um, and just basically acted acted the goat. But um, he got kicked out of the league. Basically, trying to he's trying to turn his life around. He realizes his mistakes, so he says he's trying to turn his life, life around. You know, he's got the tools there and he like you said he's such a big if you see him standing next to Purdy makes Purdy look small and yeah. Purdy makes other old linemen look small. Yeah, exactly. But I but I would just like it to be like, you know, you hear about these type of stories and other teams. Like why can't we have that? Why can't we have this redemption story? He comes in and is just a class player for us and develops, you know, like we see for other ten teams in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. But I I find myself thinking that with the Giants regular, you know, you see the likes of um, you know the ramp. The Rams seem to always have winning seasons, and you know the the, the books are starting to do it now. And the Saints are used to. And I, I just see all these teams winning regularly, and you know just change every kind of now and again. Tennessee or another team, and I just look at the Giants and I'm like, it's just a losing year <laughs> every single time. Like just once, just just once, I just want a successful season. Yeah, and just and just to speak on the fact, like you bring up the Rams, and the Rams are a very good example. Like you've seen how well drilled and oiled machine they are, how well they played last week, and how well they're doing this season. Um, they do a very good balance of like we discussed in the other, um, another podcast. You asked me the question: Would you trade first round picks for known commodities? And I said yes, but I wouldn't believe that the Giants would have um, worked the cap correctly to be able to do that because obviously, if you take a known commodity, that's you're taking salary. You know, you're paying big salaries and stuff like that but the what the Rams have been so good at doing is drafting mid to late rounds um, and having them bulk up their squad with those type of players so they're able to take on the bigger contracts or pay the bigger contracts to the smaller guy uh, smaller number of guys at the top do you know what I mean yeah, I mean, like you looked at Cooper Cup. He was a second round, I, I, I believe. Um, Van Jefferson, he's a good wide receiver. He was a mid to late pick. Um, Darrell Henderson, he's not a bad back. He, he's mm-hmm. done more than Barkley has this season. One of them was a number two overall pick, and one of them was probably in, in the hundred somewhere. Um, so yeah, you know they, they do pick up some nice players um, in their mid to late rounds. Yeah, definitely it will be an interesting game. So. What do you think the outcome? Of, how do you think the, the game will look this weekend? How do you think we'll play? How do you think they'll play? Uh, and what do you think the the, the the final outcome will be? Um, the final outcome. I've got to get that we lose. <laughs> it's just to be expected. It really is like, and I just you show me something different. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, I just don't want to like. I'm not going to try and get get my hopes up and have my Sunday ruined again. So. I'll, I'd rather just lose and it'd be like, okay, seen that coming. Um, and then if we win, it's a nice surprise and it makes my weekend. Um, I just don't want it to be a case of watching the game thinking what could have been. And when I say that, I mean, we've got Joel Judge as our head coach. Depending on who you want to listen to, we could have had Matt Rule as our head coach. There was a room, obviously we, we really liked Matt Rule um, and there was a rumour that he went to Carolina. They offered him a deal. And apparently he stepped out and called the Giants and said, look, this is what Carolina have offered me. Do you want to match it? And we told them no. So I just don't want to watch the game Sunday and be thinking, oh, if Matt Rule's our head coach, that, that that's the one thing I do not want to do. I mean, there's obviously obviously connections with the two teams as well, the two squads with, uh, you know, 
Bradbury. Bradbury's going back to the sort of like the team that drafted him and and gave him, you know, made his made his name in the league and whatnot. And obviously Gettleman. Um, I think the Panthers fans were glad to get rid of Gettleman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he ended up with us. And Graham Gano as well. He obviously had a great career there. So there is um there's still you know there's connections between the two teams. Um, like I said, kind of like I said last week, you know, I'm not expecting a win. But I just want to see progress. I want to see us not, I mean, for want of a better term, not make fools of ourselves. Do you know what I mean? It kind of feels like, you know, fool me once, you know, fool me twice and all that. I can't even remember what the actual saying is. Well, like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, is it? Yeah, there you go. That's the one. Like, So it's just, I just want to, like, like, we're still going to support them and we're still going to watch the games and we're still going to come on here and talk about them. Yeah. Um, but just give us, just give us something. Just give us something to go, Okay, okay. I saw a bit of fight there because I do think the players checked out in the fourth quarter last week. Yeah, and it's a bit of blind faith, but I'd like to see as well the defence. Number one, bend but not break for the Mm. first time this year. And number two, seize opportunities. Like you mentioned earlier on, with the amount of dropped interceptions, and they've not been, it's not been a case of, oh, yeah, we could have had an interception, but it's all right because the team just pointed away. No, because when we've dropped them interceptions, the team has on the same drive gone on to, um, I think, get a touchdown every time. I'm definitely yeah, yeah. Denver and Dallas, so you know, let, let's seize these opportunities that are coming, coming our way, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it will be an interesting game to watch. It's a six o'clock game this week, um. We'll be, I'll definitely be tuned in. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe with a couple of beers to try and ease the nerves. And you never know. Um, it's one of those ones where, like you know, they probably see us as, a, as 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 opportunity for a win. We probably see them as an opportunity for a win for ourselves. Um, they haven't got McCaffrey, which is a massive boost. Um, yeah, it will be a will be an interesting game. Um, <clears throat> just before we finish up, um, Deal McCarthy. Big Bud Bears fan who who we had in the pod preseason talking about the draft pick, uh, the, the trade and stuff, came up with an idea this week talking about giant Bears watch. This is what we're going to talk about because we're getting to the point now where we need to look forward for something. So why not look forward to the draft? So the giant Bears watch. How um, sad is it? It's the middle of middle to end of October. <laughs> you already, so I can't I know, give it myself. I've been doing my draft board this week, but oh, I love it. That's what you come to as a joint fan. It is. I mean, like, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for Notre Dame keeping me going on the, I mean, they're five and one at the moment. Um, if it wasn't for them keeping me going, I mean, and they're not particularly playing that well. I mean, we're playing with three quarterbacks at the moment over in South Bend. And it's absolutely like chaos that we seem to be grinding out results um, and keeping the wins going along. I mean, the only loss was the Cincinnati, who are ranked second in the AP poll at the moment, above Alabama and above. And all these big teams, and um, before we get on to Giant Bears, watch how's Penn State getting on for Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. As well, um, they got the they got Illinois this week. Um, lost a close game last week, I think it was, but the big one next week. Um, Penn State, Ohio State, and um, two very Ooh. good teams, division rivalry. Um, we're ranked seven at the minute. Ohio's ranked five, so next weekend should be a big big game for us. Just to confirm, that's not this weekend. That's the weekend after. Yeah, correct? yeah, the thirty-first. Um, well, it's next Saturday night, like half midnight Sunday morning. Oh, fantastic! I mean, Notre Dame this week is playing <clears throat> Saturday night, Sunday morning, half past midnight. Playing USC, a big rivalry game. Although USC ha- haven't been themselves, it's still a big rivalry game. It's on Sky Sports, so that'd be good. We'll be one to watch. But we digress. We'll get back on to the giant Bears watch. Graphic up with a jingle or something, <laughs> some graphics or something of this like. Um, so at the moment, we kind of thought that um, that uh, the Bears would be giving us a nice pick this year, and we kind of thought our pick might be middle of the pack. Um, at the moment, as things stand, those are reversed. So at the moment, the Giants hold a fifth overall pick. Uh, it could be second, but due to points for and all that type of stuff, uh, we we are fifth. Um, but we do have the second worst record, uh, and the Bears currently hold the 16th pick. So that's where we are at the moment, fifth and 16th. Um, I mean, do you, do you kind of want two top 10 picks? Do you want to get ourselves up the yeah. board and move move into the teams ourselves? Nah, get us get us two top 10 picks. Yeah, you know, I think in the top 10 picks you can get that 
you can get a, a stud edge guy. I, I really like this year's defensive line class. Um, I really do. There's a few edge guys that I'm so high on that I'm going to be talking about um, at some point in the next few months. Um, would they be Oregon, USC and Michigan maybe? Be, would they be up there? For them three and Purdue. Yes, nice. Um, then, he then, came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Then, then the top four for me, 100%. Um, Oregon's number one. Um, and then with the second one, you can then kind of go best player available. Um, you know, I mean, it sounds really mental, but how, how, how crazy is it? Dave Gettleman's our GM, loves his hog mollies, yet you could probably argue we need a defensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, all um, line, you know. I, I'm very much about like strategy picking. Like I, I, I think best age available best stage and then best O-line them, best tackle. Um, and then in the second round, when you start looking for defensive tackles, we've always picked well in the second round of defensive tackles, middle guys. Um, and dare I say it, maybe a running back on day two to be a starter. I'm just throwing that out there, you know. Um, but that's, again, that's for another conversation. Yeah, and... I'm not going to get into it too much, but this year, uh, for me, there's only one quarterback worth taking in the first round, potentially a second quarterback. I'm not going to get into those two players' names right now, um, but one is 100%. He's he's kind of my guy at the moment in this draft at the quarterback position. There's a second player who's impressing me more and more as the weeks go on. But you know, you know those quarterbacks get pushed up. You know the top five will go in the. Top 35 picks, probably. The, the, the thing is, for me, look, so where, where are we picking at the minute? Fifth. Five five and 16. So we're picking five and 16. Now, if this one quarterback goal, let, let's say the two quarterbacks I like both go beforehand, I then think the next best quarterback is not better than Daniel Jones. Okay. So, you know, I wouldn't be taking, don't force the pick. I feel like with Daniel, I feel, going off, off tangent a little bit here, but I feel like with the Daniel Jones pick, we kind of, force that pick, you know, that all the rumours were that we love Justin Herbert and then all of a sudden Justin Herbert said, I'm going back to college and it's a case of what might have been. Um, I feel like the Daniel Jones, it was a poor draft class, much like 2022 is going to be. So don't force the pick. Um, you know, there's two quarterbacks that are potentially better than Daniel Jones and that's it. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I kind of like part of me hopes that like a new GM comes in and is like, yep, Daniel Jones has the tools I'll get you the offensive coordinator to make him play, to make the best out of what he's got. And I'm going to draft you the players who are around him. Yeah. Or the flip side is, this is like the worst case scenario. He comes in and says, okay, Daniel Jones is not the guy. Mm. Try Daniel away. Get what you can from him, whether it's players or, or a pick or whatever. And then if that GM then turns around and says, okay, I really like from such and such school, I want to trade up and go and get him. Do it. You, yeah, you've yeah. got to. You've got to back him. Whoever it is. It reminds me of those rumours about uh, Ben Macca doing one of Mahomes, and the front office completely poo-pooed the idea. Yeah, but the, the Giants would have just ruined him, and it wouldn't be the Pat Mahomes that's on the front cover of Madden with Tom Brady. <laughs> there is a little bit of that, isn't there? Like you know, that's kind of how we feel at the moment. Like you know, I almost feel bad for Daniel Jones if his career sort of doesn't take off a little bit. Is it yeah. lost? See, I'm, I'm very much one of them people that when people say, oh, yeah, but the Giants could have drafted Pat Mahomes. Yeah, but you don't know Pat Mahomes would have turned out to be that version of Pat yeah. Mahomes. Instead, he might have been the, no offence, Daniel Jones version of Pat Mahomes. So mm. I'm, I'm always, a, I'm one of them people. Johnny Manziel was version. Yeah. So when people turn around and say, oh, well, if we'd have had that... Uh, free kick they would have never scored that goal but you you don't know you, you just don't know what would have panned out as a consequence of that um so yeah that's that's all a, a different conversation anyway for future episodes in regards to draft picks and and that but yeah um hopefully the bears do us a favor and lose out <laughs> yeah if you could do that that'd be awesome guys it's like weird as well. Like, you know, the it's, it's so weird seeing Philadelphia having three first round picks. You can tell we're talking about, you can tell Dan's not on the uh, podcast when me and you start yeah. like going on to the, to the talk and draft talk. But just like, you can see the Philadelphia having three first round picks. 
but there's no way the Colts are going to let uh, Wentz play 70% of the games to give away that first round pick, is there? I, I wouldn't if I was them, unless I know they've started to click a little bit more over the last couple of weeks, but nah, I, I wouldn't be doing it. But then again, I also wouldn't have tried it for Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's, he's missed two games already, and he only needs to miss six for them to only give a second instead of a first. Yeah. So once their season's theoretically, theoretically over, you could see them sitting. Yeah, I, I would. It probably won't be the right thing to do, but <laughs> it's Philly. Who cares? No one likes Philly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, uh, you're right. No. We, I was going to say, before we wrap up today, a um, couple of questions for the mailbag, so I'll just cover them. Shoot. Okay, so uh, two questions. Uh, one from Ashley. Um Thanks for the question, Ashley. It's much appreciated. Um, so he just says that last week we mentioned about trading players who shouldn't be retained next year to give the new guys uh, more snaps for next season, which we've alluded to today. Um, but his question is, what do you think about doing this for some of the coaching staff too? So the main thoughts for him is Kitchens as an interim offensive coordinator and sacking Garrett. You can then review the offensive coordinator job post-season or would a total revamp of coordinators and assistant coordinators be needed? Um, I think um, I would love to see, like right now, right? I would love to see the background that we talked about with Gettleman about maybe saying, okay, this is going to happen. So everyone knows, apart from us, the mugs out here, the fans. Um, but I would like to see Garrett gone and uh, Kitchens given the reins just for the rest of the season while they look for a young. Um, sort of bright mind offensive um, coordinator or assistant offensive coordinator or a QB's coach. Um, I know I've referred to it in the past, but like um, kind of what they did with Kellen Moore at the Cowboys. Yeah. He was, he was a, they, um, they put him on the practice squad. He was, you know, he was a talented player at Boise State, uh, was able to run the offense really well, just didn't have the physical tools, you know, to make it in the NFL and became an offensive coordinator. Um, I became a QB's coach and then he's the offensive coordinator there and some of the stuff he's doing I think is fantastic so I've definitely sort of like I, I don't know if you could bring him in right now but I would give Kitchens the keys for the rest of the season while you scour and speak to GM candidates and um, see who they would want to bring in so I could send the feelers out yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for me, I, I, I'm I'm in the fan of, like I said earlier, on revamping everything completely. Um, the only thing that kind of, I mean, personally, if that's Sack Garrett, uh, you never see anyone want to, you never want to see anyone lose their job. But I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett was to get sacked. But then on the flip side, I think, well, you know, Garrett, Garrett for me was a Mara hire. He's an ex-Joyant, like we've mentioned, yeah. Joint Connections, and I just. Don't I, I think they would rather sack Judge before they sack Garrett. Um, so then, you know, it comes into the to the sack Judge, elevate Garrett up to head coach and then elevate Kitchens into offensive coordinator. That That's a, a, a possible option or, that you could see. Um, just because, like you say, you know, he was he was brought in. He, I don't think he was a Joe Judge guy at all. I agree. Um, and I kind of think that's a little bit of a shame because it should have been a case of, you tell us who you want. We're not going to put people on yet. And that's one of the things that annoys me with this organisation. I, I think it might have been a little bit of a case where they didn't force it on him, but they kind of said, oh, we, we, we would like, because you're coming from special teams and you haven't had the experience before, you know, it might be a good idea if you had someone with a bit more experience of head coach and stuff like that as your offensive coordinator who's known to the blah, 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 known to the organisation and stuff like that. So maybe it wasn't forced, but it was implied that it would be a good idea and Judge maybe bought into that. Um, but it's almost like I want to see a new GM and I want to see the new GM with um, Joe Judge pick their offensive coordinator. Because you see how close um, Graham and Judge are. So I think if Judge is gone, Graham's gone as well. Yeah, because you, you can 100% turn it. Graham is a Judge guy, 110%. Whereas you look at what Garrett and Judge are like, and to me, they're like kind of polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember when Garrett was interviewed and all the talk was Giants are interviewing Garrett and everyone's like, oh, it's for the head coach position. And then also he's an offensive coordinator. And that's why I think it was kind of, maybe forced upon Judge is the wrong word, but I don't think it was a, a I don't think Joe Judge had much of a say 
Yeah, I agree. Barrett being hired. Um, so, Ashley, thanks for your question. Uh, we look forward to your next one as well. They're always good questions. And then another one uh, who regularly asks questions is uh, Lewis Hollingsworth. Um, he did ask a question on Monday about um, saying Dave Gettleman has to go. Who's his realistic replacement? That about yourself, I can't name anybody right now without having to research it. Like I say, it'd be someone like the Chargers assistant GM or the Ravens or or the Chiefs, you know, these teams that have got a little bit of proven track record. Yeah. Don't go and hire someone from the Jets, for instance, because they've been dire for the last day of many years. That's not going to improve us. Um, he also mentions he loves the LSU quarterback who looks quality, which I'll agree with. Um, some say he's the best DB in the draft class. Kev will probably disagree. Cornerback, <laughs> uh, um, <best> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then the next question that Ashley asked, uh, Louis, sorry, asks, um, if a new GM is in for next season, is Joe Judge still the coach? Is Daniel Jones the quarterback or are we full rebuild? Um. I mean, the likely likelihood is for real that the new GM comes in. Likely, um, like I said previously, I'd love, I'd love it to be the right GM who has the right philosophies and ideas as Joe Judge, um, because I think Gettleman is hindering Joe Judge and what Joe Judge wants to do. I think the front office and the organization, the owners are as well. I think if 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 they can bring in someone fresh from outside who has same philosophies as Joe Judge. Um, and then they and two together bring in an offense coordinator who they a bright young offense coordinator. I think, um, I think, oh, I mean, with the draft capital and it's spent right, I think we could be a very different team. Yeah, I think, look, like we've alluded to already, you know, whoever the GM is going to be, uh, if there is to be a GM, um, you've kind of let, got to let them do what they want. Like, say, judges done. Judge up until this season has done everything right, and then this season's come along, and he's just not doing things wrong, but like he's, you know, he's saying the same old thing week in week out, which gets very boring very quickly when you're losing every week. Yeah. Um, you know, some of his in-game decisions haven't been great. How much of that is Judge alone? I don't know. Versus how much is maybe what he's being whispered. But um, let's say I'm on Mara and. Kev, you're the new GM of the Giants. It's going to the conversation, in my opinion, should be Kev. Look, we like Joe. We would like you to keep him on board. However, if you want to completely tear this down, bringing your own guy, we're going to do what you want to do, and that's how yeah. I think the conversation should go down. Yeah, I 100 agree. Um, so, Lewis, likewise, um, always enjoy your questions. So, thank you very much, um, Lewis, for that question. So, Ash and Lewis, thanks for your questions this week. Um, that's all we had on the mailbag. Um, have you got anything else to add for this week, Kev? No, it's just um, I've actually quite enjoyed the, the two of us, uh, two of us having a little um, chat here while uh, Daniel's been out having his little uh, romantic meal. I know, yeah, but he's good. He couldn't like have a romantic dinner whilst listening to this live. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. I don't think he'd get away with that, though. Nah, no way. <laughs> but it has been good chatting. Uh, look, say these these. These are becoming, they're not even episodes, they're becoming sessions now, therapy sessions to vent and talk to other joint fans and answer joint questions. And like, you know, I'm all right now. I've been build, keeping this all up inside since like Sunday night when I got back <laughs> and when I was like, here we go again. And like sort of my mind's been going, oh, this has annoyed me and that's annoyed me and watching mm. plays, reading interviews, reading Twitter and everything. So you know, the, the episodes are really great. Enjoy them. Um, and it definitely helps. And you wouldn't think we've been sick, over, just over six months we've been doing this now. But where's the yeah, time? Yeah, I know, exactly. And like everyone knows as well, we're literally just three lads. We met on the Facebook group who uh, wanted to chat about Giants football. And like you said, have a little bit of therapy. Um, and we're just fans like everyone else. Uh, and hopefully that comes across. Um, so, yeah, stick with this because uh, it's going to be a long, long journey by the looks of it. Yeah, and that, that's the key thing. Stick with us, you know. We we're not going to go anywhere. We even if we get no listeners, we're still going to be doing this weekly because it's just a, a good way to to chat in person. Um, you know, the Facebook group's brilliant and that, but I think sometimes you can kind of misread comments and and posts and things like that. I know I'm not a massive user of Facebook either, to be honest. So this is just like a good alternative for me, um, personally. Um, and you know, like just stick stick with us, stick with the Giants. 
like I say, I've been a fan since 2018. It's just losing year after losing year after losing year after losing year, rinse and repeat. But I'm sure, hopefully, in the not too distant future, the tough times are going to be worth it when we get to them winning years. Yeah, 100% agree. And that's a great way to end the podcast. Um, so thank you, Shane. Um, well, hopefully, we'll have Dan back next week and hopefully, we'll have a win to talk about. So Fingers until up. next time, go, go Giants. Giants.